you have to be smart to understand this. I'm almost smart enough to kind of understand most of these concepts, but this is something that, and I'll bring this up here when I pose my question, that most people don't think about. Another one of the tropes is what they call Sandemus time, which is you have this ultimate deadline to get everything. Yeah, it makes no sense, right? But like, they even address that at the end of the original Back to the Future when he's like, he's like, oh, if only I, I had more time. Machine. He's like, wait, I've got a time machine. So then he goes back an extra few minutes and that's the difference that he needs to get to the, the mall on time. Yeah. Well, doc. that always irked me because it's like, he's like, 10 minutes should do it. And I'm like, give yourself a day. Give yourself a week. Who cares? You know? Sightsee. Like, you know? Live a little, right? <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, like, I mean, you're trying to save a guy's life here. <laughs> so why would you give yourself just 10 minutes after the DeLoreans, you know, the, it's been stalling every two seconds throughout yeah. the entire yeah. film. <laughs> You know, it's like, of course, it's going to have problems. Give yourself five days to go back and have a long conversation. Tell him, okay, in a week, we got to figure out how to stop this in a week, you know, but 10 minutes and he has to run there. And, and of course, it doesn't save him anyway. It's, it's the letter that ultimately saves him in the end anyway. All he could do is just get there in time to watch it happen again. I mean, I want to sightsee. In 11-22-63, didn't um, Stephen King talk about how the, the meat tasted different and the food tasted yeah. different, the milkshake tasted different because everything was more natural in, in the 1950s? Yeah. The reference Todd made to the DeLorean, that's one of my, my dad's not as into time travel movies, but loves uh, Back to the Future like everyone. He always said that the most realistic part of the movie was that the DeLorean wouldn't start. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Which makes the joke that Ralph was, was referencing in the last episode even even better. You made a time machine and you picked a DeLorean. Like you could have picked any reliable car <laughs> that doesn't weigh three tons or whatever it weighs and isn't stainless steel and all these other things. But Doc wants to do it in style. <laughs> Want to do it with some style. Are we going back into some tropes? Yeah, I had just started talking about... Uh, the, the time differential, I believe it's referred to as time dilation, where you experience yeah. time differently than, I mean, we've all experienced that in life where you are someplace where it feels like it's been five minutes and you've actually been there an hour or the, or the other way around. Did, did, uh, Aaron, didn't Einstein say something like that? And I, I could just be making this up. Who knows? I make up a lot of stuff. But didn't he say, spend an hour with a pretty girl and it feels like a second you know, but touch a hot burner for a second and it feels like five minutes. You know, it's that relativity kind of thing about what time is depending on what you're experiencing. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of those certain quotes get attributed to someone because like, oh, that's a smart person that would have said that and that's a smart quote. So I wonder if he, we'll have to, to fact check that and see if he actually said it, but but the uh, yeah, I, I might've just made that up after drinking a really sugary milkshake. I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> Well, the, but the principle behind it, it, it holds well that, that uh, depending on what you're experiencing, and that's what smarter people than us that actually look at theory of relativity, space-time, how all these things are interconnected, one of the things that they talk about is that there's some of them in, in a camp that say that time is, the, is your sixth sense. Like we talk about time as a dimension being the fourth dimension, but if you ignore all that because that's hard enough to wrap your mind around. If you just think about like, oh, well, two people can, can see the same thing, but experience it differently. Well, two people can have the same amount of time, 
and experience it differently. So that is a little easier to wrap your brain around. Like time slows down at the DMV. If you ever have to go there, is the, 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 the second clock moves backwards if you're not looking at it, you know, <laughs> yeah. religiously. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a trope. That is just a factual event. In life. <laughs> I was saying in the last episode, I, I love and hate the way they do those time differentials like that, because it gets used so often as a cop out. Hey, we're going to put this twist here. I'm sure that there's more than one, but there there was an episode of Twilight Zone where they kind of do that that kind of thing oh yeah you've only been here for 15 minutes you have to experience this thing that you thought took a week of your life all over again right, and, right. Uh, it's, it's used so much they were one, i'm sure one of the original in film and television but as as tress is always nice enough to point out to us like there's not a new story of it it's just a, a retelling one of my favorite movies that i have not seen for years but relies heavily on that is uh, flight of the navigator when we were all kids that's the one where his few weeks or or year of life is years and decades here and uh in recent years there's been a lot more space travel movies that have all kind of relied on that that is the narnia timeline where right it's got a, it just experiences time differently well, see, that's, Tress, this was all a setup to get you to talk about the Chronicles of Narnia because I know how much you love those stories. I, I read the book so long ago, I don't remember any of them. I only saw the first movie in the series that they made. So are there other ways that they play with time in this story? Well, I mean, and, and also just kind of reference people that don't know, like in the first uh, Narnia movie, you see it happen where they're, they're there in Narnia for like probably like 30 years but they've only been gone for five minutes. And in the, well, and it changes because in the second book, they go back again a year later, but it's been much, I think it's probably a thousand years, but sometimes it changes. So on, and, and you kind of see this also in, uh, what's that? Did you guys watch The Good Place where it talks about Jeremy Baramy? Oh yeah. So they, <laughs> the so time they explain, just, so, Obviously, The Good Place has a lot of things where they play with the notion of heaven and hell and the afterlife and things like that. And so there's conversations where humans are trying to wrap their mind around what the, what the demons and, uh, and other eternal beings experience. And uh, one of the jokes that they, that they have is that instead of a straight line, like if you imagine like when Doc is drawing on the chalkboard, he draws the line and then he draws the alternate, alternate timeline. Well, they're trying to explain like, hey, time isn't relative. Like sometimes things happen before the event that preceded it. And they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And they're like, oh, well, here, let me show you how time moves. And he draws on a board and it looks like someone's signature. And they're like, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's, that's how time moves. It's called Jeremy Baramy. And it looks like somebody's autograph that, that is, <laughs> their name is Jeremy Baramy. That's an example of where a trope of, hey, we don't really understand how time works. They used that for humor instead of like, hey, we're going to confuse you even more with theoretical physics or whatever else. So that, that leads me to a question for the panel. First of all, you three are the only people that will talk about time travel to me. So I, I, I owe you. Thank you for that. My wife doesn't want to hear about it. The guy at the grocery store doesn't want to hear about it. Um, and, you know, Aaron knows my friend Christina. She definitely doesn't want to hear about it. So I was working on a project with her and we had a couple of minutes. So I started asking her, 
if she thought, and I ask you the same question, does time even exist? You know, because, you know, you have that feeling like, oh man, that was just yesterday, felt like it was just yesterday, but it was really 10 years ago, or something reminds you of it, and nostalgia kind of comes upon you, and you feel like, I just experienced that, and her eyes kind of cross when I'm telling her this, uh, but I asked her if I actually can time travel, because I'm a little bit, I'm an older dad, so I have to like run, I don't like to run, but I like to have to run so I can stay alive for as long as I can, and at the beginning of every run, I think about time travel. I say, if I could just travel to the end of this run, that's all I want to do. So I start running and I'm not time traveling, but when I'm done with my run, I ask myself, did I do it? Did I, did I time travel to the end of my run? I don't know. It felt like I was running, but I'm here. So that's why I'm asking you, does time really exist? Did I really experience that run or did, I, or did we just time travel to right now in this podcast? So you're Steve. kind of comparing that to like you drive to work and, oh, I don't remember stopping at any stop signs or traffic lights. Did I yeah. follow the rules when I, on my way? Did I do it? Did I time travel? Like right now, I'm saying right now, I want to time travel to the next podcast. Now, right now, it doesn't feel like I'm doing it. But when we start recording it, I'm there, you know? Well, there was an episode of Futurama. I forget what they're called, chronotons or something like that. There was, it's it basically was this magical particle that is what it's it's kind of the equivalent of the flux capacitor. It's like, oh, these chronotons are what makes time travel possible. Well, they harvest them, and because they're out of sync, it makes time jumps happen. So you just see a flash on the screen, and then depending on how far they wanted to jump ahead, they either went ahead like five minutes or five days or whatever, whatever it would be to make the, the best joke. And it, they don't remember what happened in that in-between time. So that could be a perfect example of what you're talking about. Is yeah, if, it's, if those chronotons are missing, they're like, hey, how did I get an hour into the future? But all those events that they didn't remember happens. One of the things was a basketball game and they're halfway through the basketball game and the team has a lead and they're like, yeah, we'll put in Fry. Well, then you see the flash as soon as they put in Fry. The game ends and the team loses, even though they had a big lead. And he's like, I don't know how we lost because I don't remember any of that. I just remember <laughs> I was going into the game. So he went into the game and lost it, but the time jump removed any memory of losing the game. Y'all, this is getting deep. I mean, it's the whole Jeremy Bear Me thing, right? I and mean, it's like, uh, you know, the, the birth of a child, they have, you have these strong memories, but maybe it's all happening at the same time and, and your drive to work, which is insignificant really, didn't happen in the way you thought it did. You just skipped it. I don't know. Well, let's explore it a little bit. It's not necessarily a time travel movie, but the Adam Sandler movie, Click, where he's given this magical remote control that he can fast forward through time, he can pause time, he can mute uh, you know, the present time, he starts to abuse the ability once he figures out what this magic controller can do. Uh, he's like, oh, geez, do I have to sit through and listen to this entire meeting? Let's just fast forward through it. And he fast forwards through it, and then boom, the meeting's over. And all of the participants have a memory of what happened, but he doesn't have a memory of it because it just, it passed by. And so it, it starts to spiral out of control where, you know, he starts fast forwarding and, and he, pretty soon he realizes, oh my gosh, I'm an old man and I don't know where my life went. I just started fast forwarding through so many and I, and I couldn't stop. We have experiences like that where, just like you say, it could be, you know, you zone out on your commute to work or, or you start watching television or something or, or reading and, and then just time goes by and it's like, geez, 
where did all that time go? I remember looking at the clock and I had three hours and in my brain, I know about three hours is a significant amount of time, but here it is. It's dark outside. And where did that time go? You know? So Todd, you're saying savor every moment in life. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) and there's reasons why, uh, you know, we are experiencing the things that we're experiencing and we're meant to experience them for some reason or another. There's a reason why we don't have the ability to, to zoom through them. But at the same time, it seems like we do have a capability to, uh, to zone out and time can pass quickly. So maybe that is real time travel right there. You know, when, when you get into a space where time doesn't seem to really exist, we, we've talked about it before where, like you said, you know, you're doing something that's intensely enjoyable and the time just disappears. It just, it dissolves. You, you're, you're, you start this activity and then the next thing you know, it's time for it to end. Or we do something that's, that's uh, really unenjoyable and, and the time just slows down and, and never goes by. I, some people use this as, as a theological argument to explain the existence of, of an eternal afterlife. You know, if we were created as beings that were intended to live in an eternal time period, and now we are forced to live in a temporal one on, on earth, you know, there's a reason why we're never used to the, the passage of time, why we never seem to have enough time, why time goes fast at one moment and slow at another moment. Well, how you can look back at a series of, I mean, take, take this last year, for example, you know, and all the craziness that's gone on in this last year. How can time feel slow, agonizingly slow, and intensely fast at the very same moment? You know, we are, we are not used to time. We live in time, but we never get used to it. Does that, does that make sense? Preach, Todd. Man, you get, that is some deep stuff there. Right? Number one, you know? that's deep. Number two, I got to go to church. Talk to my pastor <laughs> about this. <laughs> Most, if not all of us, have seen Inception. Each layer deeper they go in the dreams, some characters live a lifetime only to wake up back in their original state. And that's that plays right into what you were talking about, Ralph. And I think I want to merge what, what Todd and Tress were both saying earlier, because in life, there really is no beginning, middle, and end, because you're just constantly evolving and things are happening. But Tress, in storytelling, am, am I right? Everything, you know, most storytellers try to have a beginning, middle, and end, because that gives us some sort of comfort, I guess. But in life, it's not like that. So maybe that's an escape that we like to see something final. Oh, it's very therapeutic. Um, I use a lot of story when I counsel people. I get them to try to get them to watch movies or read fiction because it helps them, especially if they're going through difficult times, to have some type of closure and to also identify with characters so they don't feel so alone. But story can be incredibly powerful. It's been our primary tool for probably most of life to get through life throughout history so it's interesting the the you know, the fact that you, you think of how quickly the human mind processes and works through things it, is that not a sense of of time travel in the very moment of something happening your brain can process through so much information and make so many snap decisions, it's almost as if you, you are existing in two temporal zones simultaneously. The speed at which your brain works and the speed is at which this physical life that you occupy 
work. You know, you live a lifetime in one time zone and then the next time you, you, when you return, only a second has passed. I'm equipped with something that operates. My physical mind, my brain operates in a way that enables me to function in a temporal zone, but it operates on a level that's just so fast and, and, and so quick uh, that we can't even process what our brain is even doing. We, we can't even think through every step as fast as our brain can, can process that. You see it a lot of times for us in sports with professional athletes, like, hey, there's three seconds left in the game. And mm. think of something that you could do in three seconds versus what LeBron James or somebody could do to try and win the game in three seconds. And it, it's vastly different, but because he's had enough opportunities where he's he's practiced like, hey, my brain knows how to process three seconds differently than, say, three minutes. He's developed that sense in a different way than we have. Ralph has seen this uh, when we've worked on live television production. Hey, we're in a commercial break. We have two minutes to do this elaborate setup of whatever or move mm. these people from here to there. Well, first of all, thanks for comparing uh, me in a roundabout way to LeBron James. I appreciate that. And, <laughs> I knew uh, you would find that in there. Yeah, but I think we're the same. We have the both kind of you know sharp reaction skills to our environment. So in the field of psychology, this is known as flow, the perception of time or consciousness, where um, essentially you're feeling a lot of, you're just kind of in the moment. You, musicians as well as athletes also feel this as well. Yeah. They're just kind of, they're just, just flowing through it. So a lot of this is applied to performance psychology and uh, it comes up in career counseling because we want to help people find careers that help them get into that flow that don't make it feel like they're just stuck in the office for hours and hours and hours. They actually enjoy their work. Are you aware of any research where they look at different portions of the brain for how they, how they work in the flow state that you're describing or how they, uh, if people that have a better time management skill, have a, a certain part of their brain that's more active? Not that I'm aware of, but I could definitely look it up. I have a pick for you, and this will, this will be a quick one. This is why I think that you shouldn't always trust reviews on the internet, because there's a movie on Netflix called Time Trap. It's low budget by Hollywood standards. And it's just fantastic, in my opinion. It's such a cool movie. It's about these kids who find this cave, and once they step inside the cave, time outside of the cave is moving rapidly. They don't know how rapidly, and I'm not gonna spoil that part for you. It's moving rapidly, so when they do have a chance to come back outside, they don't understand what's happened, but they learn that the cave they're in has this, this, this place that has these like healing powers, and different people from different eras are trying to get to it, so you see different people from different eras inside the cave, and it's just a wonderful kind of story, I think, and it doesn't rely on really kind of fancy Hollywood effects. Not all low-budget films are good, but we know that a lot <laughs> of low-budget films have to rely on story. So it's on Netflix. Every, most people have the Netflix time trap. I'm curious to what people think about it. I thought it was just great, and it has like two out of five stars. I said, man, you people don't know what you're talking about. Several years ago, when the idea of this podcast came up originally, we would get into these conversations in the office, and I I said flat out to Ralph, I said, it doesn't matter how bad a movie or TV show is. If it has time travel, I am going to watch it. Not necessarily involving time travel or being low or high budget makes something good or bad, but that's the, the potential for it is what brings us all back to it. The last trope that I wanted to mention, the end of Superman when I was a kid, the trope of 
turn it, tur literally turning the world around to fix the problem and go back in time. Didn't he fly around the globe as fast as he could or something? Yeah, so he flew around, he flew around the globe against its rotation in order to get it to spin backwards. And when the earth spun backwards, that caused time to be connected with it and also move backwards, enabling him to have a second chance at saving the world. So that had no effects on the people on, on planet earth. It didn't, it didn't make them shift one way or another. It just, well, one, once he <laughs> resolved the conflict, he then flew around the world back in the original rotation fast enough to get the earth to spin back in its original direction and apparently at its original speed, which then also brought the time space up to speed as well. I think suspending belief in the 80s was especially peak, peak performance <laughs> there. We had shows like ALF on TV. I mean, you just had to like throw belief out the window and just go with it. The 80s is, is uh, we're kind of entering a second renaissance for time travel films now, but I mean, when you think about how much pop culture was created in the 80s dealing with time travel, you had Back to the Future, you had Quantum Leap. As you go into the 90s, you start getting Bill and Ted. That mid-80s was kind of the beginning of, of a lot of, of time travel theory. And some of, it was, some of it was really good and classic, and some of it was less so. Similar to the Superman Galaxy Quest at the end, they have, what is it, the Omega-13 that can make time go back in 13 seconds, but essentially saves the, <laughs> saves the day, <laughs> just changes everything. That's what originally started this conversation about tropes, is that they both can be the setup for all of the drama or also use time travel for a way to hit the reset button and, yeah. and get ourselves out of this corner we've written ourselves into. Didn't, forgettable um, if it's a comedy, but as a drama, people get upset. So. Uh, didn't Spaceballs do something like that, similar, where they, they, they put the movie in and watched what was going to happen so they could fix it? Even but, there, uh, they're confined by their own rules of time travel is that they fast forward to that point in the movie and they can't go, they don't, they can't go any farther ahead. They're watching themselves live. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> So, the, so that's an example of, of using the trope for, for humor. Did y'all watch Lost? I know it was a long time ago, but did anybody make it through Lost? Yeah. Well, well it wasn't, yeah. there was a, an episode or two where one of the villains, I think his name was Ben, should have done my research, but yeah. they go back in time and, and they, have, they know Ben as a kid and, and they, they want to kill him, but they can't because it's already happened. So there's that, also that trope where nothing you do matters or whatever you do inadvertently causes the thing that you were trying to stop to begin with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we had kind of brought that up just just enough to touch on it earlier, but that's a yeah, this is a good a good th way to to end uh this episode is look is, is talking about that because there's I think that might be the most common trope of all of them is like no matter what you do, the time is going to move as it was. As convoluted and as often as they change all their rules the Terminator comes back and they save the day by destroying him. And they use those parts to then produce the Terminator. So Aaron, you're saying there's, there's a girl in ninth grade I dated named Jenny, totally broke my heart. Like my first real girlfriend, I couldn't even talk to people for like three weeks. 
there's no way to prevent that. That always needed to happen for one reason or another. I had to go through that to become the man I am today. If you ascribe to the Terminator rules for David. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry to disappoint you on that one, Ralph. But uh... You terminated my heart for like <laughs> all of fall 1993. <laughs> she said, I will not be back. Yes, <laughs> and she did. The Pastronauts podcast is recorded in multiple time zones simultaneously. No paradoxes, intentional or otherwise, were created at any point during its production. This is a reminder, we are not scientists, so please time travel carefully. If after this warning you still elect to take a time voyage, you might as well do it in style. But please avoid interactions with yourself or family members, and don't forget to wash your hands. Wash your hands.